0: well good morning everyone it's always so exciting to come it, it was amazing being at the nine o'clock service that's the first time i've ever been there and i i was going that's how church was when we started uh, up here and chris and lydia first came it's always so fun and exciting and you know i told chris today there's more people on the worship team and aren't they doing awesome let's give the worship team a great hand. It is absolutely fantastic. And, of course, Marilyn and I, we appreciate all of your support for Malawi as well. And, of course, we get to celebrate Christmas with a big nose, which is awesome. And we have a whole new edition this year. So... Beautiful Gabrielle, I I get myself in trouble because she's the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. I got to be very careful because I have more uh, right now as well. But I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter five. In Romans chapter five, there's a phrase that's repeated over and over: the gift, the gift, the gift, the gift, the gift. And of course, here we are at Christmas time, and gift giving is obviously a part of it. I want to tell you a little bit how I was raised. First of all, I was raised on a farm in Kansas. And although my parents were considerably well off, especially, you know, for that day and age, we had oil wells, we had gas wells. Uh, My parents drove Lincoln Continentals, but they were very, very frugal people. And uh, so at Christmas time, it was always the same. And I would decorate the tree we had a three-foot, I'm sure it's the very first plastic Christmas tree ever made, from Humburg's hardware store. We'd set it on the table, so it'd be a little bit taller. Twelve bucks is what it cost. I remember the receipt was still in the box. And every Christmas Eve, it was always the same thing. Now, my mother had five sons by the time she was 21. So free farm labor is the way that was. And I ended up being born seven years later. I never in my life remember being late to anything. My mother with all these kids living way out in the country was always on time. Christmas Eve was always the most special. The church that I grew up in this little town of 200 people looked like Norman Rockwell painted it. A white church with a steeple. You've seen the pictures. And on Christmas Eve, it was always the kids' program. And so the church would be packed to the gills. So in my lifetime, I've been a star. I've been a wise man. I've been a shepherd. I've been Joseph. I know you're going to find this hard to believe. I was even an angel. But my mother was Sunday school director, so, you know, I got the part. Anyway, at every Christmas Eve, although my mother was never late, for some reason when we all piled in the car, she forgot her purse. And so she'd have to go back in the house. And then, amazingly, when we got home from church, the presents were under the tree. I still, it took me years to figure out how that happened. But we only got one thing. And so I can remember almost every present I've ever gotten growing up because there was only one. And I I remember, uh, this is going to date me. I'm 61 in case you're wondering. There were two big catalogs, Sears and Roebuck and Monkey Ward. Okay, and they both had toy sections in and they were delivered in September. And so, you know, I'd get that and I would decide. I only got one thing. I knew I'd only get one thing, so I'd pick it out. When I was about five, it was a little gas station. And this gas station was so cool, it was about the size of this pulpit. It had a little crank uh, elevator lift that takes the car to the second floor. Sure enough, Christmas Eve, I come home from church, that's what I get. I am in heaven. Now, remind you, my oldest brother, when I was uh, in first grade, he was a senior in high school. And they went boom, 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 boom. So my high school brothers, on Christmas Eve, I had just opened my gas station. I was so happy. Well, they started roughhousing with one another. One of them stepped on my gas station. I am no longer happy at all. Another year, and I'm sure it's the first year they came out, I got a G.I. Joe. And I was so excited. at all his guns and armor and all of this. And I'm having fun playing with my G.I. Joe until my older brothers tormented me that I was playing with dolls. And so that was the end of liking G.I. Joe. Another year, you know, they used to let kids have fun. You could buy chemistry sets that actually blew things up. I mean, how fun is that? And the parents weren't even watching, you know? So... That particular Christmas, I decided I was going to find out what I was going to get. I figured my mom hid the Christmas present up in her closet. Sure enough, I found it. Don't do that. It's never a good idea to know. Another one, I got nothing. You know why? Because Sears and Roebuck was two days late. My race car that I wanted, my electric race car, didn't come till two days after Christmas. But here's the point. Everything that anybody will ever get under a tree is going to be thrown away. Everything that every present that is given will one day not be what it once was. But I want to tell you, still as a kid, even though that was our our Christmas and it was always on Christmas Eve, I have the fondest memories of Christmas. You know why? Because we always went to church. Church. And I love that. And still to this day, I'm 61. It is one of the great joys that I have in my life. I have never missed being in church on Christmas Eve. And here's the reality. It is only Jesus that is going to give us a joy that regardless of whatever happens in our life... Or who steps on our gas station? And you do know as you get older, the shoes just get bigger and the problems get greater, don't they? And the reality is this. No matter what happens in our life, we can have something that will change us forever. So I encourage you to begin your family celebrations by first worshiping Jesus. And you will plant in your children and grandchildren's heart uh, the real true meaning of Christmas. So I'd like to share with you out of Romans chapter five. Therefore, having been justified by faith. Now my friends, do you know what the word justify means? Just as if I'd never done it. Say it with me. Just as if I'd never done it. We have been justified by faith. Again, just as if I'd never done it. Again. Do you realize how amazing that is? That our sins and our lawless deeds He will remember no more. That as far as the east is from the west, that's how far He's going to remove our transgression. So we have been justified, which means just as if I had never done it. And because of that and the forgiveness of our sins, the next line is truth. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't have peace with God and, uh, and, and the peace that only He gives that passes all understanding without your sins being forgiven because God has built each one of us with a conscience. Now, the next thing that it says, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Are you not glad that none of us have to go through anybody else to God. There's not another person, there's not another ritual that we have to go through. Every single one of us here today have a direct access to God. Now, I have three boys, but I only have one daughter. And she is my princess, always has been. And can you imagine, poor Chris, when not only was... He, my son-in-law, married to my princess, but he was also my employee, you know. So it's no wonder he escaped to to Willa, you know, so. (laughs) But I want to tell you, it didn't matter how busy I was. If Lydia came by the office or Lydia called, guess what? She was going to have access because I was her dad. And that changes everything. And that's how it is with us. We have access access because of our Father, which is in heaven. Now, in verse number three, and I want you to pay close attention, verses three through five, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. No, we don't. Anybody here just glory, glory in tribulation? You walk out today, what is it out there? Minus 30, you know, (laughs) and and it, it was funny. I was noticing on the worship slides, it actually made me smile. You guys have pictures on your worship slides of green grass and water and stuff. In Yucca Valley, we have uh, gray skies with snow coming down. But then we walk out and it's 50 degrees, you know. So it's a different story here. But here's the deal. If if you go out today and you have a flat tire out here, are you going to glory in your tribulations? Here's why we can glory. And we all understand. Are we going to have tribulations in life? Yeah, yeah. They're not going to stop. Jesus told us that. This is in heaven. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing and listen that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When we understand that everything that we go through in life, first of all, Romans is going to tell us, can't be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. But more than that, even here, everything that we go through in life can either make us bitter or it can make us better. And if we allow it to make us better, it transforms our character. Because when we're going through hard times in our life, our prayer is what? Help! Lord, I need you. I mean, there's time to pray when we're going through hard times. It's Christmas time. And I want you to think back to Mary and Joseph. I love their faith. I love the character that God developed in their hearts, their love for for him Now, first of all, Nazareth was the end of the line. More end of the line than Tooele, Utah, all right? It was this little place at, that even had a saying about it. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I always joke. You know, we're from Yucca Valley. And Yucca Valley is very similar to Tooele. You know, we have a Home Depot and a Super Walmart. Okay, those are our anchors, all right? Although Tooele actually has more. Always laugh. Who would name a town Yucca Valley? Really? Is that the best you could come up with? I always say it was Indians who came over the first ridge and went, Yucca Valley. You know, that's why we're not that's why we're not Calvary Chapel of Yucca Valley. I mean, who wants to be called that? All right. That's how Nazareth was. And for centuries, people had prophesied that the Messiah would come and born of a virgin, here's a young girl in the village of Nazareth. And lo and behold, the angel Gabriel speaks unto her, tells her that she's going to have a son and to call him Jesus. He'll save his people from their sin. And Mary goes, how can this be since I do not know a man? Now she was betrothed. Now we have to understand a little bit about bible times how it was done first of all marriage was never allowed for the whims of young people falling in love all right that isn't how it was done parents chose the the who they were going to marry actually i did that i picked chris you know and you can ask lydia she'll tell you the whole story it was an arranged marriage but look how good we did you know wasn't that good and all the begno boys, aren't they awesome? So anyway, so marriages were arranged, and many times they were arranged when the kids were little. Can you imagine being on the playground and pointing to that girl over there and going, that's my fiance? You know, I mean, you're five years old. Well, that's how it was. But when it came to betrothal, that was as binding as marriage, although you weren't living together. You you hadn't consummated the marriage. You were still living separate lives. That's why you can get a phrase, a virgin who is a widow. Because if the man died during that period of time that they were betrothed, it was his binding of marriage even though they had not come together as husband and wife. Now, you know what I've learned about God? He loves drama. He does. I, I, you know, as the years gone on, I thought, God loves drama. He loves family drama. Look what he does. He sends Mary, after this announcement that she would conceive of the Holy Spirit, he sends her 90 miles away to a place called Ain Karim for three months. Now, there in Ain Karim, she's going to meet a cousin, Elizabeth, who is also, she could never have children. And in her old age, miraculously, they were having who would become John the Baptist. But if you remember the story, when Mary comes, the baby in Elizabeth's womb is filled with the Holy Spirit and leaps. And again, my friends, this is why abortion is not a political issue. Abortion is a biblical issue because we have more than one time when the babies were filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. God is the author of life. Amen? And so what do we find? She goes there for three months. Now, when she comes back to Nazareth. And Nazareth was just a tiny town. You know what they do in tiny towns? Gossip. It travels faster than the speed of light. All right? You know? And all of a sudden, Mary is Found to be with child. Can you imagine the scandal and the gossip? Now, Joseph, when he considered this, I have a saying, I don't always do it, but I try to. I never regret what I don't say. Isn't it wonderful when we actually keep our mouth shut until we have considered the situation through? So, anyway, Joseph, as he considered, had a vision from the Lord. Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son and you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Now, my friends, I want to tell you something. There's something Joseph knew for sure. He was not the father. At times of doubt and other things... He would maybe be confused, maybe a little bit afraid. But one thing we know, for a, without a shadow of a doubt, he was not the father. But you know what they did? They took the steps to go forth anyway. And you know what? They would always face the wagging tongues of Nazareth their entire lives. You know how I know that? Because when Jesus is 33 years old in Jerusalem, 100 miles away... The Pharisees are saying of him, well, at least we weren't of illegitimate birth. So that is something they'd always face. I want to ask you a question. When you sign up to follow Jesus, let's say you're going to sign up to, to uh, uh, work in children's ministry. Does it mean everything's just immediately going to start going wonderful for you? Do, uh, you know, does it mean like you walk out and your car will be full of gas when it was empty? Uh, you know, I, is that how it's going to work? No, because when we follow the Lord, there are always spiritual battles. Have you ever had those times in your life where you go, it can't get any worse? Oh, yes, it can. I'm here to tell you, yes, it can get worse. And it did for Mary and Joseph because at just the wrong time. I mean, when she's ready to have a baby, the emperor in Rome Make some crazy tax law that everybody has to go back to the place of their birth. Now, remember, these taxes weren't even going to Israel. They were an occupied country by a foreign force. That foreign country was taking the. Imagine in this room, if all of a sudden, you know, there was a decree, everyone has to go back to the city of your birth. I mean, it'd be chaos, wouldn't it? All over the country, people would be going And that's how it is. So at just the wrong time, they're on the road on a donkey riding 90 miles. I want to ask you, have you ever traveled with a woman that's great with child? Do you know what you do when you travel with a woman great with child? You stop all the time. Now, men like getting there. You know, there is no such thing as the joy of the journey, it's getting there, all right? And no doubt, can you imagine the frustration as they're traveling along and Mary goes, uh, you see that bush over there? Yeah, I need it right now. And all of a sudden, three more donkeys pass you. And Joseph is standing there by the donkey going, oh, what's going to happen when we get to town? Can it get worse than that? Yep. Yeah. You can arrive in Bethlehem, not one person willing to take you in. That's pretty sad, isn't it? Not only that, but you have to go to a stable. Now, I've been to Bethlehem many times. There's hundreds of caves still in the hills of Bethlehem. The, the sharp hillsides of Bethlehem filled with these cave stables. I've seen shepherds use them in my lifetime that we're still doing it. Now, Bethlehem's getting built up now. It's a little bit harder, but... I was raised on a farm. You know what animals do in a stable? Yeah, you know you know what they do. And this is where the baby's going to be born. I, I know as a farmer, we would bale our straw sometime. If you cut after harvest, you bale the straw. It's clean. It's bright yellow. And we'd make it in bales. And then we would put it in our barns when we were going to have a baby calf or something. I don't know what Joseph did but being a man, I'm sure he was trying to make it the best he could do. My friends, what do what do young women want when they're having their first baby? Their mother. That's what they want. And there they are, all alone. Do you remember how terrifying it was to have your first child? We had, you know, we had grandparents there, and it was like, you can't leave us with this child. I mean, it's going to take at least six of us, you know, to handle this situation. Imagine a brand new mom, a brand new dad, all alone in a cave stable. But I want to tell you something. Does God work all things together for good? Do you realize that all of these trials that they had in their lives are now some of our our, our favorite songs? Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Away in a Manger. Hark the Herald Shepherds. All of these songs sing about the trials that they went through in their life. But I want to tell you, how does that translate to us? For everything that happens in our life, if we allow God, He he can make a song out of it. He can make something beautiful out of it. You know... Lee's husband went home to be with the Lord. My wife, Lydia's mom, went home to be with the Lord. Obviously, if that would have never happened, Lee and I would have never come together. If we had never come together, there'd never be a Tooele Springs, Utah. There'd never be a Gabrielle. So you realize that even through the hardest times of life, can God... Bring good out of the most difficult situations in our life? And the answer is yes. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He works in our lives. Now, in Romans chapter 5, 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. I want to tell you, every religion in the world says that God will love you if you change. But I want to tell you, that's not Christianity. Christianity is while we were yet sinners, and it's God's love who changes us. We can't do it. We can't earn it. We can't get good enough. In fact, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Now, my friends, I love the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, and it says, and it describes our life before Christ. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, And of our mind. And were by nature children of wrath. Just as the others. And I love the next two words. They're they're found a lot of places in the Bible. But maybe two of my favorite words in the Bible. This is who we were. And the next two words. But God. Isn't that awesome? But God. But God who is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Listen. Even when we were dead and trespasses made us alive together by Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And in Ephesians 2.8, For grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift. Of God. Christmas is sort of strange. In that Christmas. We're celebrating somebody's birthday. Who who is it? We're celebrating Jesus' birthday. But here's the strange part of it. We give everybody else a gift. Imagine. Somebody's having a birthday party for you. You go to your birthday party. And everybody gets a gift but you. You know? Why is it that way? Because Jesus is giving his gift to us. And what's his gift? Well, first of all, it's justification. What does that mean? Just as if I'd never done it. So he gives us the forgiveness of our sins. He justifies us. Then he promises, I'm never going to leave you. And no matter what you have to face in your life, I'm going to work good through your life, right? But there's something else He does. You know what it is? He saves us from the wrath that is to come. Jesus, in the Gospel of Luke, there would be a phrase that He would use three times in a row when He's talking about hell. Where Where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Where the worm does not die... The fire is not quenched. I was with a person. This has only happened a few times in my life. Less than five fingers. Have I ever been in a situation. Where someone was going to die. They knew that they were going to die. And they've refused prayer. And. Two of them stand out tremendously in my mind. The one, and I had visited this guy a number of times in the hospital. His wife was a wonderful Christian. He was not at all. And I'm sitting there with his wife and I said, do you want to make your peace with God? And he goes, no, I do not. Can I pray with you? No. I actually happened to be with him when he died. And it was traumatic for the entire family because he let out a blood curdling scream at the moment of his death it was It was traumatic for everyone and his wife, who was a wonderful Christian, she was there when he refused prayer. I was an atheist, and still, if you go to a liberal college, they're going to quote this atheist today as a French philosopher in the seventeen hundreds. He, said, he made fun of the book of Daniel. In the last chapter of the book of Daniel, it lays out that in the last days, people will be running to and fro around the world. And he said, that's absolutely preposterous. Everyone knows if you go over 40 miles an hour, your heart will stop. The other thing that he said, this is why I love it when liberals quote this guy. The other thing he said, within a hundred years of my death, and this was in the 1700s, there will not be a single Bible in all of France. Well, at his death, the French Bible Society bought his house and cranks Bibles out of it. Isn't that awesome? Just for good measure. But Voltaire, before he died, this atheist who hated God, he, his physician was there. And he said, give me one more hour to live. And if you cannot go to hell, because that morning he had a terrifying vision of hell. And he knew that that's where he's going. So the Lord saves us from the wrath that is to come. And it says in verse number 10, Romans 5, 10, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation, the joy to the world. Why is there joy to the world? Why do we sing that song? We sing it because Jesus Christ came to pay the price for your sin and my sin, to make us justified, just as if we'd never done it, to never leave us or forsake us, and to save us from the wrath that is to come. And, it, and Isaac Watts, in the 1700s, when he was reading Psalm 98, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song and rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with a harp and the harp and the sound of the psalm. With the trumpet and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord, before all the king. And again, we had an opportunity to do that this morning with a worship team, right? They do an awesome job. But from this scripture, Isaac Watts in the 1700 wrote these words. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. No more let sins and sorrows grow. Nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. For as the curse is found. For as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace. And makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love and the wonders of his love. Different people have different love languages. you know gifts are not mine, you know if I never got a gift i'm 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 good. There's other things that uh minister to me, but gifts aren't one, but now saying that. You give me a gift, I'm going to open it. I'm going to take it. And imagine, my friends, do you realize this is what happens every Christmas? Jesus has given a gift to everyone. And all we have to do is receive that gift. That all we have to do is believe it. And when we believe it and open our heart and we ask for the forgiveness of our sins, He justifies us. What does that mean? Just as if I'd never done it. For all the trials that we have in our life, there is a purpose. And He will, as He promises, work good in everything that's going to happen in our life. And even the hardest things, He's going to make a song out of it like a way in a manger. Not only that, but He saves us from the wrath that is to come. And he gives to us the gift of everlasting life. Do you realize as a believer you're never going to die? I want to tell you, I've been with more believers than I can count. And I've watched them go to heaven. And I've watched them see Jesus. So before we go on with our message, I want to give you an opportunity to receive the gift that will change your life forever. So would you pray with me? I'm going to pray. You follow along. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. I want to receive your gift of the forgiveness of sins. You're working in my life. Your promise that you'll never leave me. That you save me from the wrath that is to come. And Lord, you're going to give me the gift of everlasting life. And to be absent from the body is to be present with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the next verse, it says in verse number 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread because all sinned. That one person that brought sin into the world was Adam. For until the law was in the world, sin was not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. Who is a type of him who is to come. And in verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died. Much more the grace of God. And the gift of Christ abounded to many. Jesus Christ has paid for us. There was a little boy in Scotland. Who had built a boat. He had carved it out. He would spent lots of time on it. He carved it out, made a mast, even engraved his initials in it. It was his boat. It was his pride and joy. He had spent a lot of time on it. And it sat in a shelf in his bedroom. Well, one day, to uh, their surprise, they come home. Their home had been broken into. The little boy, the first thing they he does is he runs upstairs. And sure enough, the thieves had even taken his boat that was on a shelf in his room. And he was so heartbroken over it. Six months later, he's walking down the street. And he's looking in a secondhand store. And lo and behold, in the window of the secondhand store, his boat. He knew his boat. He made it. His initials were carved in it. And so he runs inside and he sees how much the boat is. He runs to his home breaks open his piggy bank and to the penny he had the exact amount of money to buy the boat so he runs as fast as his little legs can take him back to the store where he buys his boat now he's clutching it with both arms and as he's walking out the door he said you're twice mine first i made you then i bought you And do you realize that's exactly what the Lord has done for us? We're twice his. First, he made us and then he bought us. And my friend, wouldn't it be handy if we were all the same size? I think of how easy Christmas shopping would be. You walked in the store. We were all the same size. That'd be handy, right? But he hasn't made us. He's made us unique. Now, some of you are more unique than I No, No, we're all unique. All right. Do you realize it's a proof against evolution that our DNA is unlike any person that has ever lived? That is solid proof against evolution. We have a uniqueness that only God could have put within us because my friends. He's got a plan for our lives that only we can fulfill. First he made us, then he bought us. And my friends, he's chosen us. Yeah, you know, we had the great joy of being a part of, of Gabrielle. And for Marilee and I, you know, it's we we have a number of grandchildren. Mary had Marilee had children. I had children. I love Marilee's grandchildren. Marilee loves my grandchildren. But you know what's fun about Gabrielle? She's ours. This is as much ours as it could possibly be. We were both a part of this. And in adoption, because this is what the Bible in in the book of Romans says, we have been adopted. Do you realize when, when you're having natural children, you have to take home whatever comes out. It's yours, all right? That you, there's not a lot of choice. You don't get to go through... why well, I, I, No, that's not the way it works. Okay, this one's yours. But in an adoption, do you realize? No, I choose you. And do you realize this free gift, while we were yet sinners even though He knew everything about us, He says this, I choose you. Isn't that awesome? Now the scripture goes on to say this, in verse number 16, And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense, again, that's Adam's offense, resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. What does that mean? Just as if I'd never done it. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. We give gifts. Now, Chris, I think you showed this video last year, The Star of Bethlehem, right? Star Bethlehem, great video because it shows and explains the wise men who are probably students yet of Daniel who had lived hundreds of years before. They're in Persia. Daniel had been prophesying about the coming of the Messiah. They were looking. They had seen this amazing heavenly phenomenon, something that they would have never seen before. And I'm not going to get into all the technical difficulties of it, but when you watch the video, it it lays out this, and I love this part of the story. The day the wise men came to Bethlehem to present their gifts, December 25th. Makes you feel good about Christmas. And so they're giving these precious gifts to Jesus. I want to tell you another story about a time a long time ago. A young couple living in a flat in a big city on the East Coast, James Dillingham and his wife Delia. They were barely eking out an existence. In fact, they barely had enough money to buy some food for a Christmas dinner, which would be very, very meager. They were so in love with each other. Each of them had one prized possession. The wife Delia, she had this the thickest, longest, beautiful flowing hair that came down to her knees. Can you imagine? And her husband, James, loved her long flowing hair. He had one special possession. It was a gold watch. His dad had given it to him. His grandfather had given it to him. So as Christmas time is approaching, Delia is, she had been saving money. She'd been bartering when she was buying vegetables. She saved $1.87. And every one of those cents were in pennies. So it was 187 pennies that she had saved. But she knew what she wanted to get her husband. She had seen it in a store window. It was a platinum chain for his watch. And she thought, you know, I want to do that. So on Christmas Eve. She went to someone who made wigs and said, how much will you give me for my hair? And she said, 20 bucks. And so she cut off all her hair. She went to the store and she bought the platinum chain for the love of her life for James, for his watch. James was never late coming home, especially on Christmas Eve. But that day he was a little bit late. When he walked into the house, tears started streaming down his face as he looked at his wife with her very, very short hair now. He said, I bought you a Christmas present. And she opened it up. There'd been these jeweled combs for her hair that she had saw in Broadway's window. She had often just stood there and gazed at those combs and thought how nice they would be. And he said... I bought these for you. She gives him his gold chain for his watch. And he says, I've sold the watch to buy your combs. But I want to tell you something. It was the best Christmas they ever had. Because they gave of themselves. And my friends, for every single one of us, this, just like the magi, God has given us the opportunity just to love Him. And I I tell you that when you love the Lord, that what, what can you give the Creator of the heavens and the earth? What could you give the Creator of the heavens and the earth? My friends, there's only one thing, but I want to tell you it is the most valuable thing. You know what it is? Your heart. That's what he wants. That's all he wants for Christmas. You know, don't we always go around, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And as it gets closer, we get less nice. Give us a list, you know, whatever you want. You know what Jesus wants for Christmas? He wants your heart. And the scripture goes on to say, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. And I love this next part of the verse. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through the righteousness to the eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So our gift to Jesus is very simple. It's our heart. It's wanting to do His will in our lives. Isn't that what we pray? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know how His will is done on earth? It's when we do our part. The uniqueness that we're created for. His gift to us. Oh. He forgives us of our sins. Not just forgives us. Do you realize there's no record of it? He justifies it. Say it with me one more time. Just as if I'd never done it. Now, I know a few of you. You ought to be really happy about that. (laughs) And not only that. But he works in our life through all the trials and tribulations that we have. To make a song. To make a song even in the hardest times of our life. And I guarantee you, my friends when we get to heaven. The scripture out of Romans chapter 8 that nothing we face here can compare to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purposes. will live it. Not only that, but His gift means this. We're saved from the wrath that is to come. And not only that, but we will have the gift of everlasting life. Which means... We shall never die. Amen. Merry Christmas. Let's stand. If the worship team would like to come up, we're going to close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your great love for us. Lord, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. And Lord, we do give you our heart and life, and we thank you for your gift. We ask your blessing now, in Jesus' name. Amen.